There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. It's Tuesday, December 20th. From inside the WTOP newsroom, this is the DMV Download Podcast, brought to you by Steamfitters, local 602. Get an estimate and learn more at steamfitters-602.org. And as you can tell, we're changing things up today. The music you're hearing is made with brain waves and facial expressions, just like fingers pluck strings on a guitar. Creating these instruments is local musician Calvin McCormick, who is using them to teach Indian children with disabilities how to play. There's kind of an attitude in rural areas where you have a disability that's kind of your karma. You've deserved this for whatever reason in your past life, so there's not a, it's not a whole lot of support. Thanks for joining us. I'm Megan Cloherty. And I'm Luke Garrett. Think of all the songs that never were, all the songs that could have been if only more people were given access to instruments. Fulbright scholar and Baltimore native Calvin McCormick doesn't only think about this problem, he's working to solve it. See, Calvin is working in a rural part of India that is south of Tibet called the, say it for me, Calvin, so I say it right. The, the city's name is Dehradun and um, the state is called Uttarakhand. So just west of Nepal, he's designing, developing, and testing digital instruments for people with disabilities. A group that has throughout history been left out of the music-making business because instruments have not been made for them. Calvin joins us now from across the world. Thank you for being here. We appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Okay, so Calvin, tell me what exactly you're doing there. You're designing instruments for people who have physical disabilities, or, or tell us specifically what the goal is. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of really a broad people with disabilities could mean a lot of different things. So I've kind of narrowed it down to focus on um, people with limited uh, motor function Mm. and limited uh, like field of movement, uh, at least for now. And um, what I've kind of been doing up until now, the first stage, I've been learning about kind of the indigenous music of the area. Um, So that's been the music of Garval, which is one of the regions of Uttarakhand, the western region, and Kumaon, which is the eastern region near Nepal. And then um, Tibetan music, as you know, the Tibetan government and uh, Tibetan community exiles, you know, in a lot of Uttarakhand and Himachal Pradesh, which is the next state over, mm-hmm. um, and Dharamsala, where the where the Dalai Lama and the Tibetan government is. So I focus on kind of those three, um, you know, traditional styles of music, as well as Hindustani music, which is Indian North Indian classical music. Mm. So I've been kind of learning about you know the idioms themselves. So that's kind of one part of it is you know that these instruments should sound like the music you know, up here. Right. So then the other part of it is kind of working with people with disabilities here. I work with a, um, I work with a nonprofit. It started out as an orphanage and now it's branched out into um, kind of women's health and um, been doing a, a great initiative where they've been distributing um, sanitary pads for women in uh, like the rural areas here. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and also working with uh, people with disabilities, which is why it's, you know, it's been a really good fit. So that's called CED Society, and it's uh, was founded and um, is run by a um, Buddhist monk uh, named Lama Tenzin. Um, his first mission, he kind of went to a uh, some very very remote villages in Nepal, and where it's you know there's no roads. It's like a two week hike to get to. It's mm. kind of like a very medieval society. Uh, like you know the weddings, are, you know the women are like you know, 12, 13. Um, mm. It's still it's not 
life isn't really great for women there. Um, so he started by rescuing girls from from this region. It's called Dolpo, um, Dolpo region of Nepal. Uh, and it's still since branched into supporting women throughout uh, Uttarakhand. You know, I initially came here four years ago to teach teach the kids music. And, you know, what I noticed was that, you know, teaching the kids with disabilities like piano or guitar or like conventional instruments was very, very, very difficult. And that kind of inspired me to think of different ways mm. to... And Calvin, tell us why, you know, giving access to music creation is so important. Well, right now, the size and the cost for, um, you know, small computers, small microcontrollers and things has really, really come down. Before, this would have required like a MacBook and, you know, thousands of dollars of equipment. So now this is like the first time ever that it has been possible to kind of make low cost uh, musical instruments. And tell us, if you can, about those instruments. You know, I think, I'm not sure I have an image in my head. So this is an electronic instrument. What does it look like? How is it played? Right. So I've focused on using different um, different types of biosensors to kind of control the instrument. So I did my master's degree at um, Berkeley College of Music. And for my thesis there, I focused on um, using brainwaves, like EEG brainwaves, to control um, music software. Um, so that's kind of been, I've been doing an extension of that, um, basically. Um, kind of like designing ways to, you know, make a low cost biosensor, you know, like a wearable instrument or um, kind of, uh, you know, there's a bunch of different right. sensors you can use and then like kind of hooking that up, uh, connecting that with different music software and then making the music software sound like, you know, music from mm. here. And what's um, a brainwave? I'm sorry. I, <laughs> I, sorry to sound like naive, <laughs> but what, what is a brainwave? Right. So I, I should give a disclaimer. I'm not a neuro, I'm a, I started off as a jazz musician and then got into programming. And then I just kind of saw that there are EEGs that don't cost, you know, a hundred thousand dollars. And I was like, well, this is the coolest thing. Let's see what it would do. And um, I heard that you like kind of describe it because a, a friend of yours who we both know, which is about how we found you, um, got, you guys went to the friend school in uh, Baltimore, but he was saying how, as part of your thesis, you did like this it was a wearable essentially. So if you made like a, a the face you would make when you're like rocking out on guitar, like the wee wee face <laughs> is what I call it. Um, it would act like you had pressed um, a pedal or something. Like you were keying in on different facial expressions to create different sounds. Is that correct? Yeah. So there, there's like a million different ways to hook it up. But um, so the brain waves, I think you asked, like there's five different types of brain waves, alpha, beta, delta, theta, and gamma. Um, so you can kind of look at those the diff, the relative levels of the brain waves, and um, that kind of indicates, you know, different um, different mental states, different like brain activity, and then you can look at where the brain waves are coming from mm. and seeing. So if you see kind of a lot of activity in the back of the brain, that usually means like the visual cortex is very active. So then if you close your eyes, you can see that goes down. Right. For example, but one of the things that the EEG it is a wearable helmet. Um, the EEG I used is called an open BCI. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that really on the sensors, like kind of just on your forehead, it does a really good job of detecting eye movement and facial expressions. Mm. And this isn't the only way to do it. You can also use a webcam. It's also really good at classifying these things, like whether you're smiling and what's blinking and everything. So then you can take this information and um, you know you can use like a little machine learning or some other just like algorithms and then use that to trigger different music software. One of the projects I worked on, I was here in May, just uh, doing some like research before I started my project. And um, one of the ways I ended up doing it was using 
an AI or like an automated music generator. So the way it would generate the music that would be upcoming would be based on the brainwaves that it was reading. So if you were mm. more focused, maybe the, the notes wouldn't jump around so much. They'd be a little more kind of, you know, solitary or a little less uh, jumpy. But then maybe if you're like very relaxed, maybe they could spread out and be a little more spacious and, and things like that. Mm. Just so I understand, because I'm a little bit confused. Are you making different types of instruments or you're making a, a program that's going to read my brainwaves to determine the type of music that I can play? Or both? Uh, the answer would be both, or I guess. Like one, one of the instruments, like, so for the brainwave, I won't be like redesigning an EEG because that's way beyond, you know, what the scope of it is. In that case, I would kind of just be designing the software that interprets the brainwaves and mm. makes it in, into something that's usable for people and, you know, works well with the music software. But then on the other hand, um, I've done some, right now I'm working on, an instrument where it's going to be kind of like a, a hand sensor. So it'll be like a, a bunch of touch sensors and um, in, in kind of in the shape of a hand. And then what someone can do is kind of put their hand on top of it and move it like from side to side and put different pressure on it. So my hope there is someone who kind of has limit, who can't move very quickly or, uh, you know, has trouble with, with hand or arm movement can kind of play it with like a very minimal amount of force. It, it would be like a you know, very low movement sort of instrument. I just 3D printed a prototype of that. So we're going to see if that like, this is actually a good idea because I don't know. I don't know if this will work at all. Um, so that's kind of the the fun of it right now. Because in my mind, it's, it's not like you're making a flute and then designing that flute. I'm just picking flute out of nowhere and designing that to fit someone's hand. You're creating a totally different way to play music to start with. Yeah, like yeah. different, I mean, an instrument now could look like any, you know, the computer being, you know, be, everything being digital, it really can be just any sort of sensor that you could connect your, you know, you could connect your piano software to the weather if you wanted to. I mean, there's really, right. you could do like, there's so many possibilities now. So yeah, um, kind of exploring different, you know, inf interfaces that you can make and approaching it in a different way. It really makes me think of the theremin, which is like that instrument that kind of uses magnetic fields, I think. Calvin, you maybe know more than I do on that. But um, are there any recordings so far of this type of music? I know you just mentioned there's you're in the prototype phase for one of these instruments, but for these like brainwave instruments, are there recordings of that? Yeah, I did some <laughs> tests, um, you know, kind of uh, just a little mini project when I was here for a month in April and May. And um, that was kind of using the brainwaves to control a, um, a sequencer that this guy, Matt Black, he's founded Ninja Tune. Um, he's also in uh, Cold Cuts. Um, he's a UK producer. Uh, he makes some really cool, like innovative and intuitive music software. And um, he was actually, I met him in Delhi the day before yesterday. Um, he just happened to be here. So he offered to, you know, provide a little more software. So yeah, I could, I'm happy to send you guys that. Yeah. And Calvin, can you take us to that moment when, you know, these people with disabilities create music? What, what is that like? I, I imagine it's, you know, something they've never had the chance to do. Can you kind of take us to that moment? Yeah, I mean, you can, like, you can see in the, the video of it, like, she just looks like so happy. I mean, that's really, that's really great when you, when you see that. And uh, yeah, and it's kind of hard to describe, but like, it's definitely, definitely worth all the effort. Mm. That's really cool. Um, so you're on a Fulbright there. What's the what's the plan for your time there? Are you there for a while, or is there a certain like deadline you have to hit, or what's next? I guess. 
There's not really a deadline. I have to give a presentation halfway through, just kind of a progress report. But we're hoping to, I was talking with like the Fulbright people in the U.S. Embassy about having, setting up like a concert where these kids can come like play in New Delhi um, for for like the embassy folks. I mean, that'd be really cool wow. like, for everyone. So. Oh, you'll have to tell us if that happens. That would be amazing yeah, yeah, to, sure. to let people know about that. Uh, Calvin McCormick, you are doing such cool and innovative things. Thank you so much for taking the time. I know it's late there, so we appreciate yeah, no, no you problem. making the time for us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks, Calvin. And after the break, Megan and I share the most memorable gifts we've gotten during the holiday season. Ooh. They're pretty crazy. Backed by the experience of its hardworking members, Steamfitters Local 602 is ready to take on your next commercial heating, cooling, HVAC, or refrigeration project. Steamfitters Local 602 adds value to our community through its partnerships with local contractors and building owners, all while keeping the focus on improving the lives of its members and their families throughout the DMV. For work that's on time and on budget, go to steamfitters-602.org to schedule your next project. That's steamfitters-602.org. Steamfitters Local 602, changing lives. Explain your DNA on, on 10 cases, man. You're inside the police interrogation room with the alleged Potomac River rapist. I'm not guilty on any of this stuff. So calm, so reasonable. Could this be the man who terrorized women for nine years before murdering a brilliant scientist two decades ago? Experience one of the most fascinating true crime podcasts available. Join crime reporter Paul Wagner for Unknown Subject, season three of WTOP's American Nightmare series. Search American Nightmare Podcast on all podcast platforms. And before we go, it's Hanukkah season. It's also Christmas season. And, you know, gifts are on the mind, whether it's a stressful idea because you haven't gotten your gifts yet or you're kind of all set. You wrap them all up and they're under the tree and there. Mm-hmm. Megan. Luke has so much energy today and I am trying to meet him even halfway. You are so there. <laughs> what is the happiest gift you've ever gotten? <laughs> Okay, so I kind of felt like a jerk when I, I'm hopefully my parents are listening to this. So my uh, mom wrapped a gift that I had really wanted okay. in like a a, bo- a random box. Whoa. And the box had a popcorn maker on it because apparently they had you out. recently purchased a popcorn maker. So I'm seven, I get the, you know, wrapping off of it. I look at it and I'm like, what? Whoa. I want a popcorn maker. And I was like thinking it might be the gift I was hoping it would be. But it wasn't. Oh, I didn't think it was. Whoa. And then my, and then I was like being a brat, and I'm like, I don't want a popcorn maker. <laughs> like you didn't even open it yet. No, I was just being <laughs> like a jerk. And then my, my parents were like, open it, and I opened it, and it was my 19, I think it was like a 1989 pillow person, which I'm... is literally a pillow that has a person like painted onto it, and there were different designs. Oh, okay, because I was imagining like a mannequin made of pillows, but this is. A uh, normal pillow with a person <laughs> painted on top of it. Yeah, and it has mine had pigtails and like little feet coming off. And of that's it. what you wanted. And that is what I desperately wanted. Wow. And I got it. That's good. But then I had my first probably true, very memorable feeling of guilt <laughs> because I felt like, wow, I was just a real big jerk there. And I and then I got what I wanted. Christmas lessons. I like that because your parents not only gave you the gift you wanted, they also gave you a good surprise, <laughs> which I feel like is part of a, the like really good gifts. Are always surprising, you know, because if you anticipate it, it always like kind of lands. I mean, yeah. it could be a really good gift, and you're not surprised. And it's all it's good, but if it's a surprise, it's that's pretty nice. That's why you should keep all the random, you know, boxes of stuff that you get in, you know, TV boxes. Totally, and, really and kind psych of electronics, exactly, and then pack your kids' stuff in that. That's that's solid. That's mm-hmm. really really good. Mm-hmm, wow. Mm-hmm. How about you? The weirdest. What's the question? The weirdest, easiest, best. 
Uh, I think we did the best, but whatever you'd like to answer. Wow. All right. Uh, that's a lot. You know, the most memorable gift I've gotten recently, mm-hmm. um, it was jumper cables, which doesn't sound- No, seriously. It doesn't sound very like, whoa, but <laughs> I had like- there was like an embarrassment because I, I didn't have jumper cables, you know, and I always forgot because jumper cables are everywhere. You can go to Ace Hardware. You can go to CVS. They have jumper cables. Right. And I just had never gotten them. But recently, um, I my car battery had died a few times. A few times. A few times, yeah. And you hadn't gotten them. And I hadn't gotten them, and it was like a source of weird, like, oh, I just need to get them, but I always forgot. It was some weird, deep psychological thing. Anyway, one of my friends who, you know, didn't need to get me a Christmas gift. I don't know if people give their friends Christmas gifts, but it's not very, it's not a new thing. Yeah. And they were like, you know what? I know you didn't tell anyone you didn't have them, but I realized that you didn't have jumper cables after your car battery died. And it was like a great surprise and boom. That is like, that person knows you very well. Yes, exactly. So the gift not only was what I needed, but recognition, this friend knew me very well. Very nice. Okay. Yeah. How quickly after that did your car break down? Uh, like two days after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I got a new battery, um, and that helped say. a lot. But, um, <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, I'm a car expert. Um, but to pillow people and uh, jumper cables. Mm-hmm. Two of the best gifts you can get. Yeah, yeah, n- unmatched. <laughs> That'll do it for us today on the DMV download. We are sponsored by Steamfitters Local 602, and our music is by Real Worlds. Give us a review and rate our show if you get the chance, good or bad. We'd love to hear it. You can also find us at dmvdownload.com, where you can become a VIP listener. The DMV Download is a product of WTOP News. Listen on 103.5 FM in D.C., 107.7 FM in Virginia, 103.9 FM in Frederick, online at wtop.com and on the WTOP News app. Have a good night. 